48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Members of the Confederation of Trade Unions vote to disband, citing political pressure and growing conflict in the SAR. The head of the University of Hong Kong has his contract extended, even though his current term had two more years to run. And Hong Kong's delegate to the top national legislature says a local national security law can probably be completed in the first half of next year. The Confederation of Trade Unions has announced that its members have voted to disband the group, citing political pressure and intensifying conflicts in Hong Kong. The group says 57 voted in favor of dissolving the union, 8 voted against, while 2 members abstained. Last month, CTU leaders told the media that they felt terrified after receiving messages warning them their personal safety could be at risk if the group was not dissolved. Its chief executive, Meng Siotat, announced he had resigned and urgently fled Hong Kong. Here's the Confederation's vice chairman, Liu Tang. The exact reason why we need to disband uh, is basically because uh, we, got, we all feel that it's uh, politically uncertain to continue to run the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. We have no further elaboration on that. Of course, it is a heartbroken decision that all of our feelings have to make. The head of the University of Hong Kong, Zhang Xiang, has been given a contract extension until 2028. His initial five-year term was meant to run until two years from now. Aaron Tam reports. In a letter to staff, students, and alumni, HKU Council Chairman Arthur Lee says that the council had unanimously offered Mr. Zhang the New Deal. Mr. Lee had said Mr. Zhang led the university through crises like the pandemic with demonstrated strength and resilience. Mr. Zhang was also praised for promoting projects such as opening a campus in Shenzhen. Mr. Lee also expressed confidence that Mr. Zhang could take the university to another level. Hong Kong's delegate to the top national legislature, Tam Yu-chung, says he thinks local legislation for national security can be completed in the first half of next year. Damon Pang has details. Security Secretary Chris Tang had recently said now is the best time to draft laws on Article 23 of the Basic Law, but he only said he hopes to finish relevant work in the next legislative term. Mr. Tam says he hasn't spoken to the minister about this, and the time frame is his own estimate. Adding once the new LegCo is formed in December, they'll have a few months to deal with Article 23. When asked whether she agrees with Mr. Tam's time frame, the AB chairwoman Star Lee says she'll leave the matter to the government to decide. The DAB says the government needs to work harder to move people living in shoddy homes into public housing. The party has formed a task force to look at ways to eliminate subdivided flats. Days after the liaison office published pictures of its chief Luo Huining visiting cage home residents. The DAB says officials need to drastically increase public housing supply so that the near six-year waiting time for public housing can be shortened. Starry Lee is the party's chair. One way is to increase the port ratio. That is, uh, we propose to release more land from the new territory north by increasing appropriate port ratio to a certain level. Then the government can achieve 30,000 public housing per year. But we understand that because for the first four years, it is very difficult to change now because all the planning and construction is in progress. 
Labor Chief Law Chi Kuang has acknowledged that the number of foreign domestic helpers arriving in the SAR is still too low, with only 40 helpers successfully meeting pre-boarding requirements and arriving in Hong Kong on a daily basis in the past month. Here's Tom McAlinden. Mr Law said he must walk on thin ice and be very cautious when deciding how many foreign domestic helpers from high-risk places can come to the SAR. He stressed that the authorities must try their best in reducing COVID risks from other places. The Labour chief said that a total of 606 Filipino helpers arrived in Hong Kong from August the 30th to September the 24th. However, as of October the 1st, 26 of these helpers have been diagnosed with COVID-19, an infection rate of 4.3%. Mr Law said the figure is very high, adding that if people still want the government to increase the daily number of arrivals, he has nothing more to say. Hong Kong has reported zero COVID-19 cases. The last time the SAR recorded no infections was September the 16th. There have been 12,225 reported cases since the pandemic began. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. State media in North Korea has accused the United Nations of applying double standards over the military activities of member states. North Korea has repeatedly called for sanctions to be lifted, but has been reluctant to engage in diplomatic talks with the U.S. and others until they change what Pyongyang says are hostile policies. The BBC's Celia Hatton has the details. A foreign ministry official is quoted as saying Friday's meeting of the Security Council over Pyongyang's latest missile test was an encroachment on its sovereignty, noting that U.S. military exercises and weapons tests were never raised. North Korea has defied UN sanctions to carry out four missile tests in the past month, from a cruise missile and a ballistic missile launched from a train to a hypersonic missile, and in this past week, an anti-aircraft missile. Pyongyang has repeatedly called for the sanctions to be lifted, noting the serious economic damage they've caused. The British Prime Minister has defended his migration policies despite the growing shortage of skilled workers in numerous areas of the economy. Boris Johnson said there could be no return to what he called the uncontrolled migration of the years when Britain was a member of the European Union. He admitted there would be pain, with shortages lasting until the end of the year. He insisted that Britain had to invest in training, adding that the British economy was recovering well in the wake of the pandemic. I, I can tell you uh, that the, the, the UK economy is recovering very strongly now, very fast, and you're, you're seeing those stresses and strains as a result of that. The head of an independent commission investigating sexual abuse within France's Roman Catholic Church has said that thousands of paedophiles have been operating within the institution over the past 70 years. The commission said it uncovered between 2,900 and 3,200 abusive priests or other church members, adding that this was a minimum estimate. The BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. The head of the commission, Jean-Marc Sauvet, said that between 2,900 and 3,200 priests and other members of the church uh, thought to have committed abuses since 1950, despite this lengthy investigation, you never really know what sort of fraction of the abuse is being reported. Um, they know it is a fraction, but they have no idea if it's 10% of cases or, or 80%. So it's very hard to estimate. So this is, you know, gives you a scale of just how prevalent the, the problem of abuse in the Catholic Church has been. 
to sports now and in football there's plenty of mutual respect between the two managers ahead of tonight's big English Premier League clash between Liverpool and Manchester City. Jurgen Klopp claims you have to be brave when you go into any match against City. Pep Guardiola says an away fixture at Anfield is always the toughest game. We know each other quite well. I know what he's going to do. I think he knows what we're going to do. Away fixture away in Anfield is always the toughest one, so we know it. It has to be high intense because if it's not high intense, I would say then City is really difficult to, to play against. The game starts in just a few minutes. It's one of four top-flight games in England today. Crystal Palace and Leicester City tied 2-all. Tottenham Hotspur beat Aston Villa 2-1. And West Ham United lost to newcomer Brentford 2-1. But it's Chelsea who sit at the top of the Premier League table after they scored two late goals in a 3-1 victory over Southampton. One of those goals coming from the German Timo Werner. It was not only important for me, it was important for the whole team to come back after two defeats in front of a national break uh, where we don't see us uh, one and a half weeks now. I think for everybody it was important to, to um, yeah, go to national with a good feeling. Cycling's famous Paris-Roubaix event, the so-called Men's Spring Classic, but this time in the autumn, is being staged today for the first time in two and a half years due to the coronavirus pandemic. Meanwhile, Britain's Lizzie Denyen was the winner of the first ever women's version of the event. She overcame treacherous conditions on the brutal paved cobblestones of northern France. So incredibly proud. Women's cycling is that this turning point today is part of history and um, I'm proud to be part of a team that also makes history. And before we go, a look at the weather. Currently, it's 29 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 79%. And that's the news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Ben Che, we'll have more headlines at midnight. Ten minutes after 11, hour two of Sunday lights. Cable companies through until two.
was just hoping you call to say that you don't have nothing at all. I was just hoping you call. They try and try, but can't top ya. Think they come close, but they fall. They see me out, give me offers. I don't feel nothing at all. But I know you'll be there when I need you. I can't place no one above you. I try. Just hoping you call to say that you don't have nothing at all. I was just hoping you call. so much from 